it has been a hectic week for me on my end. Yeah. What's been going on with you? First, we got school. That's been beating me all over the place. I actually just come straight from a, a presentation where we, as people who know very little of engineering, so a little background, I'm a civil engineer for our listeners. I'm studying civil engineering. I should not say I'm a civil engineer. I learned that just like 20 minutes ago that I'm not a civil engineer. I think as long as you're studying civil engineer, you can consider yourself a civil engineer. I disagree because I just gave a presentation to practicing civil engineers about a civil engineering project that I thought I was rather knowledgeable on. And they just tore me apart. Like every little tiny thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then in the end, at at the end, um, they're like, just keep working hard, kid. Like you'll figure it out. That's not very promising. No. So it, it didn't feel very good afterwards. Uh, You know, so that's been hectic. Also, Big Dog Radio, we've been having some action with that. We got yeah. I mean, we have guests. merch available now. That's right. We have merch available now. Well, officially for sale November fourth. Uh, so the pre-sale, I guess. Right. We do 15, have merch. Fifteen dollars t-shirts, thirty dollars for a sweatshirt. DM us on Twitter. Either personally reach out to us, contact us, or uh, DM us on Twitter. The show at Big Dog Radio underscore. Well, do you, you know? Appropriate to mention the book now, too. Uh, is it completely necessary at this point, or wasn't was that keep next it a little week? secretive? Was that next week? Or they they both week? get they both are released on November fourth. Well, that's news to me. Yeah, the book and the merch gets released on November fourth. I wasn't aware of that. So well, what I, were you aware of? Like, what do you think the plan was? I was hoping you were going to tell me eventually, but. Okay, that's the plan. I just told you right here and now. You know, Mel- the children's book, Big Dog's Tire, and our merchandise, both November 4th. You know, I, I was thinking, actually, with this intro here, I don't even know if the music is necessary at all. Well, I, th- I think it is. Do you? Yeah, I mean, everybody likes the little little jingle that kind of gets yeah. them thinking about Big Dog Radio. You think that uh, that tune is now synonymous with Big Dog Radio? When no, I downloaded it. I- Whatever song you picked was an awful song. I will say that. Well, I changed it after the first couple of episodes. I thought I noticed that too, but it was so unrecognizable. So this one's even worse. Is that what you're saying? I kind of like it. I have no clue. I, I guess I have to get get used to it. Like I have to hear it a couple times, so then I, and then our voice is along with it, and it's like it's Big Dog Radio time. I think it's called French Jazzy or something along the line. It's quite catchy. Jazzy. Keeps me at peace. I'll, I'll have to really listen to it this time. And Mel, you know, so it's probably just going to be finishing up right about now, huh? Or just starting. I don't know. Or just starting. I toss because it in there and let it fly. This is episode nine of Big Dog Radio, and we have a pretty fun episode ahead of us. A little bit of restructuring, not exactly what you guys are all expecting, but we do have a guest coming in. He might be an aerospace engineer. He might be a raging alcoholic, or he might be both. Oh, hang on. I, I want to correct you there, Melba. Here on this podcast, we don't say the A word. He, he might be on the verge, air, well, not aerospace engineer and someone who may be on the verge of a drinking problem. But we're not going to okay. say the A word. But yeah, okay. we, may, we may or may not have I respect him on. that. Can you bleep that out for me? Or uh, I am I going to have to live in the shame? I don't. Okay. See, we tried to hire an intern. That didn't go over well. So yeah. 
And Lou isn't the best editor we've learned. I'm figuring it out. Yeah. No, Lou, you're doing a great job. I, I respect the grind. So, Mel, today is October 28th, Thursday, and it's Halloween. Or it's not Halloween. It's Halloween weekend. It's Halloween weekend. Yep. Halloween weekend. I hate that, mm-hmm. by the way. But it's Halloween weekend. What are you going to be this year? So, uh, we had a big discussion about this last night, trying to figure out who I was going to be. And initially, our first first idea that kind of got turned down, we wanted to be are you familiar with the album cover of Certified Lover Boy, Drake's new album? Not at all, no. So his album, he has, it's 12 pregnant woman, like the, the emoji. Yikes. The, the pregnant woman emoji. So we were going to okay. get 12 people to be each different emoji, and we were just going to be the Certified Lover Boy album. But we That's... ended with a grand total of three people that wanted to do that. I, I could probably see why. Yeah. That's so not we canceled that. But... My new outfit that I am going to go through with. Are you familiar with the progressive commercial where it's like, Whoa. no, oh. actually my roommate's going to be flow, but okay. I'm going to be Dr. Rick and Dr. Rick's the guy that's like untraining people to become their parents. See, so you say Dr. Rick and Mr. Clean pops into my head. Is that his like official name? No, Mr. Clean is like the OxyClean guy. I think, you know, the bald guy with the white t-shirt cartoon yeah. character why does yeah. dr rick i don't know you say dr that? rick and that's that's the first thing i thought of right yeah he's not like really known as dr rick i don't think he's like the mm-hmm. the unbecome you're familiar with those commercials though unbecome your parents uh yeah yeah so I'm i mean like guy. i like i can hear it playing in my head it's and i'm I gonna i'm gonna to tell you what happens in it well i'm gonna carry a board that like says quinoa on it because that's part of the commercial Quinoa. where all the yeah and then the guy raised his hand all excited. Joaquin. Yeah. So I'm going to be that guy. What are you going to be, Lou? Uh, well, I've actually, I have the same costume every year. So for the past three or four years, are you familiar with who Steve Bartman is? Does that name ring a bell? No. Disgraced Chicago Cubs fan. Oh, from, yes. From that 2003. Actually does ring yep. Mm-hmm. He uh, leaned over the railing, allegedly. And touched a ball that was in play. Moises Alou slams his glove on the ground. Steve Bartman has never been seen or heard from again. And he's he's the one with the little one with the headphones, the nerdy looking guy, glasses, and then Cubs glasses, hat, yep. turtleneck. I've been mm-hmm. him for the past four years, and I think that's what I'm going to roll with until the end of time. That's a great costume. It is. It uh, it's a very niche costume. Approximately zero people get it, but it, I get a good laugh out of it. Yeah, I'm sure you've had at least a couple people be like, oh, you're that disgraced Cub fan. No, I, I approach not a people, single person. No, no one. Like, even I would had, recognize it if people, I saw it. People think I'm just uh, out in my normal casual wear. And I have to instead of people asking me, I have to ask people, do you know who I am? That's and never they, a good sign. No. And, and when I'm dressed like that, they think a child molester is approaching them. Yeah. It doesn't well, play well with the ladies, but I get a good laugh out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, Lou, I I actually had some other interesting things happen this week. So I started doing this competition with my roommates, and it's a bartering competition. And bartering is one like you take something and and you trade it for another item and try I'm, to I'm, work your I'm way. I'm aware. Up. I'm aware. Well, I don't know if other people. So, aren't. so a competition. So you each started with an item, and like you go out in public and do this. 
Right, like Facebook Marketplace and okay, Craigslist. Okay, yeah, sure. Are the two two main just, sites was, that we use. The way you phrase that, you're doing it amongst yourselves. And, no, no, like we're like uh, among the general okay. public. Thank you for clarifying. Um, right. So you're welcome. I had two two offers like on the first night. So my my initial item, I had a a football that had like a Badger W on it, a sure. Wisconsin football W, and my my first. My first offer, this guy says, okay, I'll bid, I'll bid one bag of neighborhood dog shit I've picked up. If you get a better offer, let me know. I could probably come up with two bags. Wisconsin football has been a scam for years. The head coach is a dope. Well, so you got offered literal dog shit for this football. Right. And maybe two bags, but Did initially one it? bag. No, I, no, I, actually... I think that was good on your part. Yeah, I actually messaged him back. I'm like, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Would you like to be a guest on Big Dog Radio? He hasn't gotten back to me yet. Yeah, that, that could be interesting. Then my my next offer, I figure maybe they'll go up a little bit from there. This is my second offer. And I I don't feel very comfortable reading this over a live audience. Please do. But it says That's I will give you I will give you a Deep throat, G H B J for it. Oh, now I'm not gonna. Did you accept? Define. I did not. No. Okay. Yet again. Now, was it male or female? Male. Okay. But we don't judge. Well, yeah, uh, I do judge. That is not going to be an accepted offer. <laughs> but... So those are those are the two offers you received. Those are my first two offers. Okay. Eventually, I got I started getting some real offers, and I actually made my first trade this past week. I traded my football for a brand new chemistry textbook, mm. which I was pretty excited about at first. And I was like, "Oh, that's got to be hundred dollar value. I'll just wait until the beginning of next semester, and somebody's bound to need a textbook." And I looked this textbook up online, and it's selling for like eight dollars. Yikes. So I may have reached the end of the road with my my bar. Yeah, I feel like you downgraded there going from a Wisconsin Badgers football to a chemistry textbook that is out of season. Yeah. And if I it's mean, going for eight dollars, it's not the uh, latest version, I would assume. Right. It, it was like the version that I had when I took chemistry four years ago. So I'm assuming they upgraded since then. But how much can change in chemistry over the course of four years? You would think not a lot. Right. Especially or no, not, baseline chemistry. Not so much that it's worthy of producing a whole new textbook. Right. That's another money grab out of the book industry. Well, Mel, actually, speaking of Wisconsin football, I think we potentially have a very nice situation setting up for Big Dog Radio. If Wisconsin yeah. and Minnesota both went out, they'll play in the final game of the season to go to the Big Ten championship game. And I'm quite excited if that happens for the content that Big Dog Radio will produce. Yeah, we we better knock on wood. But well, Wisconsin it, was looking good this past week, especially over the defense. They both have to I play Iowa. Yeah, yeah Wisconsin's got Iowa, Iowa this weekend. Right, they're actually a favorite in that game. Wisconsin is. Yep, or at least last I saw, they were three and a half point favorites. Are you kidding me? They've been favorites in like every single game so far, and they've won three. Shocking. Barely. Well, Another thing, actually, Mel, that I wanted to touch on you that happened in the past week or a trend we've noticed, Big Dog Radio seems to be at war with the public in Madison. Yeah, they are. 
And we are. Or we are, yes. We are. We are. It, it not seems to be. We are at war. Yeah, so not, I guess... Not necessarily with the general public, but with the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Right. Yep. So uh, I guess we're not going to implicate ourselves, but someone that may or may not be me or Melv and our associates have been putting stickers, maybe, uh, in university classrooms and bathrooms as a marketing mm-hmm. scheme with to try to grow the brand. And again, and it wasn't me or Lou. Maybe. Or it may have been. We don't um, know. But, but we somebody's know. putting these stickers up. And, and the university is not very happy with it. They are not happy. I, I have not been reached out by somebody yet. But it seems every time I notice a sticker... Or I'll say I'll, I'll use the bathroom and then I'll, I'll see a sticker appear on the wall next to me. Right. And I'll, I'll leave. I'll come back in less than five or ten minutes. And that sticker has disappeared. I'm that, convinced that they that have quick? workers waiting. It's that no, quick? It's, it's like legitimately speaking, it's not that quick. Okay. It was like 6 p.m. last night. I put one up and 7 a.m. or 745 when I got to my class this morning. It was down. So reasonably, they're probably just cleaning overnight and they just see a sticker and take it down every night. I mean, just leave a note on the sticker saying, please leave this sticker up. Maybe big dog radio. Yes. See, the concern I have is I'm I'm not 100 percent sure the legality behind putting stickers up, which is why we would never do such a thing. Right. Yeah. That's why it's like kind of crazy that people are, are willing to do that for us right right exactly mm-hmm. but the big concern i have is it is like it's not just a sticker it has our qr code on it yeah so that that means that by scanning the sticker they know exactly like who put that sticker there or like who is associated that doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean we produce the stickers could have been a fan of the podcast that's fair a big fan which for all i know that's the case I think that is the case now that I think about it. <laughs> well, Melv, also one last thing before we get into segments here. So last week we talked about birds extensively. Yes. I downloaded that app. What is it called? Merlin? eBird or Merlin? Merlin. Because yeah. I was going to start bird watching. Well, not bird watching, but if I see a bird, you know, look it up, say that I saw it. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a bird since. Not a single bird. Maybe I'm just not noticing them, but the only bird that I've seen is the campus turkeys that are walking around which also and speaking I'm, of those turkeys you won't believe what i saw today i'm just thinking of this now so there's a mail truck driver trying to get out of his truck and every time he would roll forward and like stop to get out he had what are they a flock of turkeys he had a flock of turkeys chasing his mail truck and this went on for a good five minutes this guy he he ended up going around the corner and the turkeys chased him down the street around the corner uh, did the turkeys have something against him? Was he carrying food? He must have been what? waiting on a letter. I don't know. The turkey? Yeah. I mean, I don't Maybe know why so. else Maybe this pack so. was, else was so pissed at the mailman. Mm-hmm. But they were. Yeah. So you have just turkey on your checklist of, of birds. Now that I think of it, I believe so. Yeah. I literally have not seen a bird. Not that, that I sucks. can recall, at least. That sucks. Because backs up the birds aren't real argument. Well, I, I think they have reason to be spying on us, though. Why? Because of the sticker whole situation? The whole sticker scandal. Yeah. So I'm sure that they uh, they would you would be seeing birds if 
<laughs> if one birds are are not real or two they truly are the great sticker scandal of 2021 mm-hmm. and I, I think i'm going to distribute these stickers amongst like everybody i know just give them a stack of 20 and tell them to stick them everywhere not really that, go to not war that you are producing not that i just, just and i yeah, produce or so happen to have two thousand of them yeah just so happen, happen to have two thousand yeah. mm-hmm. all right somebody gave them to me all right lou are you ready to move to our segments or do you have more that you want to no. talk about no i'm ready to hop week? into it okay so we have a new segment this week and we just call it our spotlight segment and we each kind of find just current events that has happened within the past week and we're, we're just going to Kind of talk about it. So, Lou, what's your current event, or what's your spotlight, I should say? So, my spotlight this week has to do with the Colorado River and the potential privatization of the river. So, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but uh, do you know who the Waltons are? No, I do not. The Walton family? Uh, they're the heirs to the Walmart fortune. So, collectively, okay. they're worth about $220 billion, and they want to buy the Colorado River and its water. So, this so, will be... So the Colorado River uh, and its basin serves as the freshwater source for the Southwest U.S. Uh, and it's had and it has ongoing problems uh, due to lack of water supply. So hmm. the Waltons want to buy the river and the water. But the fear with that, obviously, is that privatization of the waterway will only further the dry up of the river because wealthy farmers are going to overuse wealthy farmers and ranchers, I should say. So is that what their plan is with the river? Do you know, like, why, why do they even want the river? Well, I think, well, the old saying is the path to hell is paved with good intentions. So I think they do have good intentions uh, with this because the Walton Foundation has studied this extensively over the past decade. And they argue that water markets are one of the best ways to actually conserve water. And if you think about this, Mel, if water is privatized Mm -hmm. and traded like a commodity, the price is almost certainly to go up, right? Right. So what that does from like you and I as a consumer is it will promote us to conserve water in the sense that if it costs more, you're going to take shorter showers. You're not going to let your water run when mm-hmm. you know, you're brushing your teeth because at the end of the day, that's just going to cost you more money. You're going to be more conservative with how you use your water. Right. So ultimately, this could end up having a net benefit. Um, but there's still issues and questions regarding regulation if water becomes a traded commodity. Uh, right. And there's definitely a social aspect to that, too. Right. Where yeah. It, it upends the idea. just going to let that happen. Right. It upends the idea that water is a basic right and necessity if mm-hmm. the commodity is privatized. Right. Well, I guess you, you think about the three necessities that are, are of life, and it's like food, water, shelter. And two of those three are private right now the food industry and and the shelter or like real estate it's that's like arguably the most privatized thing in in yeah so or like most privatized commodity so the southwest u.s they grow a lot of almonds and they raise a lot of cattle so this is via the dog walk podcast no free ads but valve guess how much it guess how much water uh you have to use to produce one almond we actually just talked about this in one of my classes, but I do not remember the exact number. I, th- I want to say it was like near 150 gallons. No, 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 no. Not that much. 
three gallons of water to produce one almond. Oh, all right. Okay. That was off. To produce one pound of grass-fed beef, it takes 1,800 gallons of water. Right. So that's what's really sucking this river dry. So are you suggesting everybody goes vegan then? Well, I mean, what are you going to do if you go vegan? Eat almonds? Three gallons of water for one right. almond? Right. Well, that's what so, that's no, I'm not necessarily not necessarily questions. Well, is, right. Is people are trying to say like, no, that's why we should But with the eat, privatization eat, of the water, and if that. the Walton family owns the water, then because the way things sit right now is that, so I think in the early 1900s, it might, might've been the early 1800s, uh, they agreed upon allocation. They agreed on allocation for gallons of water from the river to like ranchers and farmers and whatnot. But this agreement was made when water levels in the river were at an all time high. So now that this river is drying up, that has not been fixed. So these ranchers and farmers are still getting the amount of water that they've been allocated and that has been agreed upon based on record highs. Okay. So they're, they're using and that would change with a lot more than what's being put into the system. Right. Okay. That's really interesting. I, so they're trying to privatize water essentially, because when you said they're buying the Colorado river, I didn't understand well, the, oh yeah, well, the I mean, behind that, but that would, that would be like the first domino to fall. Right. It would be in the first case in the U S I mean, I don't know how things work elsewhere where like a geographical river is owned by a specific uh, family or foundation. Right. That's super interesting. And that that's our first spotlight. The Walton family buying Walton family, maybe perhaps buying potentially buying the Colorado river. So it's in like the works, do you think, or is it just um, an idea at the moment? See, for decades they've done they've done a ton of research on the situation, and like the wheels are being set in motion. Okay, based on the articles I'm reading. That's well, a great article, Lou. What's your spotlight this week? My spotlight this week it happens two days ago, so Sunday or Saturday maybe. Um, there was a pair of Michael Jordan sneakers. He, he wore these sneakers on his in his fourth game of his rookie year, and they just sold an auction for $1.47 million, which makes it the highest sneaker sold in a public auction. However, was, okay, Carry it on. does that doesn't mean that it's the highest sneaker ever sold. Um, the highest sneaker ever sold was the Nike Air Yeezy, it was like a prototype, and it was sold for $1.8 to like a, a private buyer, not in a public auction. I mean, that's yeah. just madness for shoes. Right. And and you got to picture these people. They like you got to have more money than the Walton family in order to to buy something like that. It, or it's got to be an investment or something like you just got to hope on appreciation for that. I hate to tell you, I don't market. think anyone has more money collectively than the Walton family. That's what I'm saying. Like why? Who in the right mind would buy a pair of shoes for one point five million? Mel, if I remember correctly, just a few months ago, you had attempted to get into the sneaker game, investing in the sneaker game. Yeah, so that, that's a great point, Lou. And I, I think that's this person's yeah. ultimate goal with this is like not just to have the shoe, yeah. but like it, they're they're using it as a stock because so like just last year, the last previous or the highest previous sold shoe was six hundred forty some thousand. 
um, in auction, that is. And now it's 1.5 million. So the ever since the uh, what's what's that documentary, MJ documentary, uh, The Last Dance, The Last Dance, ever since The Last Dance came out, MJ's like apparel has been skyrocketing in value, just ever everything related to Michael Jordan. And so, yeah, I, I guess that's a good point to bring up that this might not just be them buying it because it's a cool shoe or something. They're probably buying it banking on three years down the line. It's going to be worth three million or something. Well, my point with bringing that up actually is that you bought them as an investment and two days later you were wearing them because, because yeah, it kind of fell it, through. So, so actually I didn't just buy one pair of shoes. I bought like 10 different pairs of shoes, all as investments. Uh huh. And some of them, uh, so the, the idea behind this whole shoe investment is you buy a shoe and then you hope it sells out because if it doesn't sell out, it's not going to go up in price because right. they'll just go to the website yep. and buy it. So the idea is that you buy a shoe, it sells out, and then you sell it for more. And one shoe did not sell out. And I, I told you about this investment idea yep. the day I bought the shoe. And then three days later, I was wearing the shoe because the shoe didn't sell out. Fair point. So that that one fell off. Another shoe I bought, I held on to for a week and then sold it for like $20 more. And then all the other shoes I just about broke even on. So then I gave up on that. It was way too much work for $20. Yeah, it doesn't sound like anything that's that's worthwhile. It definitely was fun though. Like they're cool. Like it's cool. How often does that pan out for people? I've like, before I dove into it, I, I read articles and did like research tried to figure it out. And essentially every single one was like, Oh, it's going to be super tough. Like you have to hit, hit the shoes, right. Essentially. And get shoes on drops. And I was like, Oh, I can figure it out. Like I'm a smart guy. I don't know. Mel. And I what, did not figure it out. What's the ooh rah rah with, with shoes all of a sudden, like people are paying. It's not uncommon to pay like a few hundred dollars, 400, $500 for a pair of shoes. I'll wear twenty dollars right. shacks from Walmart's for all I care. Yeah, and it's it's definitely kind of funny. I I like have I actually just bought another pair of shoes because I do have that like obsession with just a clean pair of shoes. And I, except the thing is, I don't wear these shoes. I have like four pairs of shoes sitting in my closet that are brand new, never never worn before that I just like and I just look at them. And the shoes I normally wear are point? like canvas beat up. Exactly. And uh, I've been coming to that realization. And I wore one of those pairs of shoes just this previous weekend. And the entire time I was just like sweating, hoping I don't scuff these shoes. Yeah, that's madness. I know. I, I have some some problems when I'll it comes wear, to shoes. I'll wear paper bags on my feet. Yeah. I, I tin foil on the bottom. Well, the, I would too. Like I would wear paper bags and tin foil yeah, on the just, bottom. I guess you just but... like to have them sit in your closet. Exactly. That's like that's us. what I'm saying. And most right. days I wear just a beat up pair of sneakers that look like they've been through the Colorado River many many a time. Each his own. Each his own. So that wraps up our spotlight segment. That was kind of fun just to dive into some current events. I think we'll and continue continue with that one next week i say we keep going but now we have a guest coming in and this guest is an aerospace engineer and also maybe on the verge of a drinking problem yeah 
But aren't yeah. we all? At well, the we'll, the we'll we'll hear him out and and see what he has to say. So let's bring on Joey DeTorres. Oh. All right, and we are back with Joey DeTorres. And Joey was just telling us a very interesting yeah, story. So, so about- he came in noticeably out of breath with an inhaler, and then proceeded to tell us this absurd story. If, if you want to tell it again. So, anyways, I was just explaining to them why I'm out of breath. Uh, I just got back from class, long day, and uh, I was approached by uh, these this older guy, kind of looked uh, homeless, maybe. Um, so it was him and his other buddy who also looked homeless, but they at, they said their car wouldn't start; they were inside the car. So, anyways, long story short, they just uh, they had me push the car like two blocks. So away. you helped them so, steal a car. So I might it might have been. Um, yeah, it might have been some Grand Theft Auto going on. <laughs> it certainly seems that way. You had two random people approach you. Yeah. Tell you that their car is broken down and you, you pushed it. I Oh, I was pushing my heart out too. So, okay. yeah. They, well, and this, the, the thing was is the one guy was in the car steering and the other guy, he said he was helping me push, but he was standing straight up and down. He was not putting any force into it. So it was all me pretty much. So you stole the car single-handedly. This Bunch is pale workhorse. Yeah. Well, I mean, for legal purposes, theoretically, this happened. Okay. If it comes out there, I have right. yeah. yeah, yeah. This could be a fake story. If you may or may not. After yeah. looking. Yes. <laughs> That's unreal. So we have an aerospace engineer and a car theft. And a car theft. Here with us today. A car stealer. That's the word I was looking for. And Lou, I hear you have some good questions for our man here. Well, Melvi, you told me that uh, he's also the part-time alcoholic, which, (laughs) which, which I asked you before that, that we don't like that word around here. It's the A word. It's a derogatory term. I would say (laughs) what? You said you don't like part-time or (laughs) Around here, we say, ah, on the verge of a drinking problem, but not quite okay. there yet. Okay. Yeah. So, that's about where I'm so at. Joey, I guess my first question for you is, do you ever feel like your desire to drink isn't supported enough by those closest to you? Hey, Lou, I'm just so glad you said that. Um, yes. Get a lot of hate for it. Uh, they don't understand. It's really what I need. They don't understand my needs, my, yes. my desires. You know, I and, actually, yeah, yeah. I just, I was similar. just doing... Oh, sorry, Lou. I was just working on homework. Uh, I just got back, like I said earlier. And um, I told everybody I was working on homework with, like, I, I'm going to go home and the first thing I'm going to do is grab a beer. And uh, so, first of all, I'm lying now because this is now the first thing I did. But right yeah, after stealing that car. After stealing the car. But, uh, yeah, and everyone looked at me like I was crazy for wanting a beer on a Tuesday night. So, yeah, I don't feel supported, really. See, I, I feel like I'm in a similar situation because I don't feel supported by my two roommates. Shout them out, Towns and Ian. I don't feel supported enough in my drinking endeavors. You know, yeah, you have a cup, couple beers on a weeknight and you're the crazy person. Right. And like a couple turns into a little more than a couple and you're even more crazy. Yeah. Big deal. Right. Right. Big well, deal. Well, I think the phrase I got done with homework and I, I need a beer is what. Oh, yeah. Where the concern comes. The word need. It was was need. See, this is my point here. The traditional solution to someone that seems to have a drinking problem is to get them help. 
as in the help is to send them to AA to get them away from drinking. I think we need to rethink the way we approach this. The solution to someone with a drinking problem is to drink with them because, because you have to, if you think about it that way, then the person that isn't having a drink is the one with the actual problem. Right. And that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I come up to this studio, Kelvin's Kelvin's beat laboratory for this podcast and there's no beers. And I, he knows what I'm about and uh, he's not supporting me in the way that he said he should. At least got to have a six pack in the corner, Mel. Right. Keep it in reserve. Joey, what I'm do you think? A night of beer or a night of liquor? Ah, a night of beer, for sure. What's the best way to prevent the hangover or cure hangover? Oh, I just I don't get I don't really get hangover, so I just okay I just drink and go. Drink and go. That's now. Have you heard of the the lick the cat technique? Is that the correct? No, hair of, hair of the dog. Hair of the dog. Hair of the dog. I will actually. I will say, like me saying, I don't get hangovers. It's like mostly talking about. Um, like I don't get headaches or stomach aches the next day. Like I'm usually just tired and like, I don't know, maybe a little out of it, but I wouldn't like, I've seen some people's hangovers that are way worse. So I wouldn't consider it that, but, uh, that is the best way. Like if you just crack a beer in the AM after a long night of drinking, that'll get you going right back to it. Now, now I think that is like the pure definition of alcoholism. Uh, we don't say that word here, Mel. Well, I'm not. I'm not calling anybody an alcoholic. Okay. All right. I'm just saying that 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 is literally what alcoholism is. Is just getting used to having alcohol. I, I think you're looking at it the wrong way. There's, it's someone trying to feel better than the following day. It's like Anyways, taking, it's like the same as like you have a stomachache. You're gonna take Pepto Bismol. I have. I'm tired. I'm gonna have a beer. Okay. Good now, solution. Now, Joey, you are you're an aerospace engineer, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 So, this is a question I have for you. Why does a smooth surface? Why is a smooth surface? I guess more aerodynamic than a pointy surface. Oh, okay. So, are you talking like uh, when you say smooth or? Oh, okay. So you're talking. So um, like. Okay. So, uh, from my understanding, now I don't know. This is thinking back a little bit and. Uh, yeah, is this just going like to turn classes. into a test for you? <laughs> yeah, this is a little bit of a test. But um, I think with those pointy surfaces, so the flow the flow of the air follows the surface, I guess. And, like, so you want laminar flow around the surface. When you, when you change up the geometry where there's points, I believe it creates a little bit more turbulent flow, which creates more drag. And also um, it'll create vortices. And those vortices also create drag. So <clears throat> the smoother your surface is, uh, the closer the flow follows the surface. And okay. uh, that'll keep it a little more uh, aerodynamic, keep that uh, drag down. Now, the question I have, what is aerodynamic? Like, w- what defines something as an aerodynamic thing? So I would say aerodynamic is, it's it's something that, uh, like, you want you want the ratio of lift force to drag force to be at a maximum. So you want as little drag as possible and as high lift. So something that's aerodynamic, I would say like limits those vortices that we were talking about earlier. It's like it's able to like cut through a fluid. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what you want is it to be able to cut through a fluid. Now, I guess there's different forms of aerodynamic because if we're talking about a plane, 
then I guess the definition I gave earlier would be more for a plane, the plane's wings, which in, in the field you'll call a foil. So talking about the plane's wings, the foil you want high lift with low drag at a relatively uh, realistic angle of attack. Um, so the lift refers to the force pushing, pushing the plane up. Yeah, sorry, I didn't define it. And the drag it. refers to the force that's slowing the plate down. Exactly. Okay. So, um, and you can define that in in two ways. The lift could be straight up and the drag could be straight back, or the lift could be at a 90-degree angle from the cord of the foil. But all that is really boring <laughs> okay. to talk about. Fair. <laughs> so – yeah. So anyways, but aerodynamics. Um, okay. So like I was saying, you could define it in two or like Calvin's question, you could define it in two ways. One way would be with a max lift force and a minimum drag force, but overall maybe just <clears throat> minimum drag force because for a car, you don't really need lift. I mean, you just don't want that wind to pull you back so you can save on gas and whatnot. So, so I guess actually that leads me into the next question about planes. So an F-15 can fly at about 3,000 miles per hour approximately. Yeah. A Boeing 787 tops out at about 600 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. Is it conceivable for us to push uh, for a Boeing commercial airliner to fly at even half the speed of what an F-15 currently flies at? Definitely not a Boeing because I think just because of the design of the Boeing, it's, it's, it's designed to carry a lot of weight rather than so it, it has it has a good lift force like we were talking about earlier but it, it it's not completely like sound with drag force and when you're talking about speed you really have to limit drag force however there is a company called boom in the united states that's trying to make a commercial jet that can fly at uh supersonic speeds so maybe okay. not like you can i think i think it'll be it'll like this i think this will happen within the next 15 years is my guess that there will be supersonic flight faster than the speed of sound like commercially just not but we just have to change up the design of any of the boeing uh commercial jets that that are out of right. market right yeah now. and that kind of that gets more to the core of my question is can we like commercial airliners in general one at one day in time fly at supersonic speeds yeah oh definitely there was there was actually okay so i was talking about this company boom there's actually this jet called the Concorde that is a commercial jet that flies uh, faster than the speed of sound. And I don't, it's, I don't think it's flying currently. I really haven't researched it enough. I don't know why it's not flying. Are there but regulations it, they, they, they that already, limit it? I don't know if it's the regulations or if it was something about fuel consumption and it just wasn't worth it. Okay. I'm not exactly sure. I, it would be very easy to look up. I, might, I know in the, in the past there has been concern when, uh airplane goes faster than the speed of sound there's a, a sonic boom that's involved in that and uh, that's actually the only reason i know this is because that's how the supersonics got their name the seattle supersonics the basketball team there was an attempt at this commercial supersonic flight except there was complaints about all these booms happening okay yeah so that's one concern okay. that I, I know that people have been considering with the supersonic flight right they would, i guess they would have to make a whole change in in policy and whatnot to like when you could reach well i'm sure that stuff is in place for the military already but the pilots would have to understand that like you can't reach the speed of sound until you're <clears throat> way outside of city limits and at a high altitude yeah i think that'd be the ultimate solution to be high enough where it's not as heard 
Now, Joey, I wanted to switch things up a little bit. I wanted to talk about Mars and perhaps civ- uh, putting a civilization on Mars. There's conceivable issues with that logistically, right? Because the yeah. way I understand it, there's only a six-month window to actually travel to Mars once every two years. Okay. So, it, so if we are, are you familiar with this? So if we send people like the first people to Mars after that six month window, it would be two years before we would be able to send either more people or goods to them after that. So I actually haven't learned much about, about traveling to Mars. Why is it a six month window? Uh, well, obviously with uh, the way that they orbit around the sun, there'd be points in time where earth is on one side of the sun and Mars is on the other side. Oh, okay. In that can't, sense. Can't okay. fly through the sun. Right. I mean, which I never learned that either, but. <laughs> well, Mel, Mel told me you're a Mars expert. Oh, I mean, that's what people call me. Okay. I'm just, I'm just fair a part-time enough. alcoholic, really. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. Well, Lou, I don't think that's even the biggest concern about getting people to Mars. Like there's no, oh, well, no, right. <laughs> right. Well, obviously the, you got to look at the big picture, but right. But they also don't have the six month period. No, to, there's also not uh, currently not water there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that concerned. might be. Yeah. So, maybe but I mean, the, but they the do Walton think family can donate some. Yeah, maybe they do think once they warm the planet up enough though, that there's currently ice frozen under a layer of <clears> dust that would then melt and be available for consumption and use. <laughs> They're planning on warming the yeah, entire I was planet gonna say, Mars. How well, I mean, how? humans have good experience with that. That is true. <laughs> so, I mean, just do it on Mars, too. It shouldn't be a problem. There's ways <laughs> you can do you that. You need a whole infrastructure for so, that. So, like, I don't know. A way to do that would be, like, right now, just nuke the planet. And then, like, I, I, I don't know. Idea. Now I'm just spitballing, but Maybe though. <laughs> uh, there's conceivable if ways to do it. Slightly closer to the sun. Yeah. That is yeah. there's knock it knock it to orbit lower closer to the sun. That's actually a theory I've heard too is creating like creating a sun for Mars with nuclear weapons. Oh, okay. What? I mean, I don't what know do if any of this, that? I don't know if any of this stuff is possible, but it sounds good. <laughs> sounds possible. It sounds possible just create a sun for mars yeah with <laughs> nuclear weapons just think mel just think they made nuclear from- weapons back in the what 1930s and the 40s and they didn't even have computers then we could make a nuclear weapon i don't know a million times more sun. powerful than that yeah and throw it up <laughs> what? I, mean, I don't know i don't think the i don't exactly the know technology. the logistics of this we don't even have like the mass available to us no, I'm not saying I'm saying it would act like the sun is it would radiate heat to then warm the planet up. I'm not saying you like we, we're going to create the sun. Also, Joey, one trillion lions or the sun. What wins in a fight? Wait, one trillion lions or the sun? I would say the sun. So <laughs> right, you're wrong. <laughs> you think it's the lion? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the lion. No, I don't know. I don't there's, one, there's one trillion of them. There's the one lions. trillion. What are they the going to do to defeat the sun? Kick the sun's ass. One lion, <laughs> one lion at a time. We, wait, Lou, are we allowed to swear in this podcast? Absolutely. As much as you want. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I got to keep that in mind now, but I got to use it right. Well, the 
the thing is, we we did a little bit of research after Big Lou claimed one trillion lions would beat the sun. Okay. And it turns out one trillion lions, if you put them in a big ball, they'd be like about the size of New York City. <laughs> Which, That's ooh, a lot of lions. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of lions. It is. Against the but, sun. What's the sun going to do? I mean, realistically. It doesn't have teeth. I wouldn't want to battle one lion, nonetheless one trillion of them. <laughs> so you compare yourself to the sun. Yeah, so like, if you think about how many lions one trillion is, the sun stands no chance. Well, I, I'm thinking of it. Calvin just put it into picture for me. It's the size of New York. I don't <laughs> believe even, that. I don't believe you, that. If the sun was the size of my... Or what could I even compare the sun to? If the sun was the size of like a good size house... And then you took the one trillion lions, it'd be like smaller than an ant. I refuse to believe <laughs> compared that. Compared to the sun. I refuse to believe that. Okay. Well, now we're off topic. Lou, do you have any other questions for aerospace engineer or uh, alcoholic? I, I, I don't, <laughs> Not A word. A word. No. I is. You well, don't? Joey, I guess, thought. what are your thoughts on IPAs? Oh, I'm not a fan. Um, we speak the same language. Yeah. I, I like light beer. I think it just goes down a little smoother. I like I like I like the taste of light beer. I right. I'll, I'll drink an IPA, but you can only have like in my opinion, I can only have like one or two of them. And as we know, I like to drink more than one or two beers. Yeah, exactly. So. Like I'd rather drink thirty light beers than drink, you know, two three IPAs. Just yeah, a personal I preference. I agree. I would say I would say thirty thirty to two is about yeah. You can take your, your $12 IPA, I'll have a $30 natural light. Or I mean, a 30 cent natural light. Right, and 30 of them. Yes, exactly. I All agree. right, glad I we're agree. on the same page there. Yeah. What about you, Mel? What do you, what do, you uh, do you like IPAs? I mean, I, I, I am not a man to, to drink a 30 rack in a night. However, I, I, mean, I do could. not prefer the taste of IPA over, over, right. over just, just like a beer. light beer. <clears throat> But you're a seltzer guy. You like seltzers, right? Oh yeah, we can we can deal with seltzers. Those will, those will handle. I have well. No problem housing a few seltzers. It's gotta be the right, right time of the year. Right, same mm-hmm. same summertime. Gotta be on thank a boat. You. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, Joey, thank you for joining us on yeah. Big Dog Radio. Yeah. Thanks and... for nothing. <laughs> I, I, I guess you gave us some insight uh, as far as your. Uh, lift time draft flight whatever you're talking about with the engineering so <laughs> that's value right, well, added there i mean it's time for a beer anyways all, all right. right it's been fun yep thanks joey <laughs> that was a fun and interesting interview with joey de Torres. not to say and, the least. yeah to say the least let's move on to our next segment we have our listener questions uh we mel Good questions. What's up? Actually, first, I have a big dog radio email update. Okay. Yeah, please. I got access back into the account, so I'm able to see everyone's questions that they submit. Oh, another issue. We can keep that pinned up there. Yes, we can for for the time being, because Mm -hmm. when I created the new password, I did not write it down. I have an idea of what it could be, but if we lose access again, this could become a problem once again. And I first realized that as I was preparing for these questions. I think if this happens again, you have to send me the password. I will relinquish like immediately control upon of the email to you. 
Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Because we, we haven't lost the password to the Twitter account yet. And I did make that one. I, I couldn't tell you what that one is. So hopefully well, I, I sent it to you somewhere. Oh, OK. It's in our messages. All right. Mm-hmm. So that won't be a problem. But let's hit our listener questions. Can you send us to our listener questions, Lou? On to the listener questions. Thank you. So our first question comes in from Jen Henriksen. And she asks, what are the best things you'd like to find in your trick-or-treat basket? And what are the worst? So the answer to this question is non-negotiable. I agree. The best thing you can get in your trick-or-treat bag is a full candy bar. Not even well, a yeah. snack. Well, isn't that what the question is? I think asks? that's given. It's given. What I do you mean, mean that's a given? Isn't that what the question asks? No, yeah, it is what the question asks. The uh, The full candy bar yeah, is clearly so the a, best a thing. A full-size candy bar, the king size, whatnot. I'm talking like a But Twix. you're saying any flavor. No, I mean, size. I mean, I, I really don't have a strong preference. Twix, Snickers, Reese's, Kit Kats. Okay, wait. Reese's. Reese's. Reese's peanut butter cups. Reese's. No. What are you saying? Re- Reese's? Reese's. I've heard that, yeah. Reese's. It's like the name Reese. Reese's and then peanut it's... butter cups. Yeah, Reese, Reese's. That's not the... Reese's peanut butter cups and Reese's pieces. You just said it the other way. You said Reese's peanut butter cups and Reese's pieces. No, Reese's pieces. No. How <laughs> you said pieces. Like it's pieces. That's non-negotiable. Well, I'm all discombobulated now. What am I saying? You're saying Reese's Pieces. Yeah, Reese's. They're Reese's bars. Reese's Pieces. They're pieces. Like yeah, that's, yeah, that's I can't, like I can't say that. that. I can't say it. Pieces. Exactly, because it's Reese's Pieces. Reese's. Reese's. Yes, that's how you say the name of the candy. Not Reese's. We're talking about this, the peanut butter chocolate one, right? Yes. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Forget it. I don't know. But you know what I mean. The Twix, but I do Snickers, agree. Yes. Kit Kats Reese's along those cups lines. are definitely up there. Don't give me those nerds. Don't give me the Laffy Taffy. None of that shit. Suckers, lollipops. Mm-hmm. Go with the candy bars. Yeah. I have a pretty similar thing. I say I said take five and, and Reese's peanut butter cups were my like two. King size, obviously. Full you said size. take five? Take five. Interesting. Those are phenomenal. Does that have, does that have the... Uh, pretzels in them yep it does okay i know those are phenomenal and i actually so funny you mentioned laffy taffy i put taffy on my best but not not laffy taffy just like Like standard taffy yeah like a saltwater taffy i i die for those Those and i want to give i want to give a warning out to people that are perhaps handing out candy this year don't try to be that hipster whale that goes out there and gives out baggies of fruit because all that's going to do is have those kids come back at the end of the night and egg your house. Yeah. You don't want to be giving out the veggies or the fruits. Stick to the candy bars. Yeah. And Lou, uh, I want to get your opinion on the wax bottles. Disgusting. You know what I'm talking oh, yeah, about? Yeah, those are the worst things ever invented. There's no way really? to do those right. I love those things. That's disgusting. I mean, you're eating wax right off half the, the time. Oh, the Stuck contents the of juice. them aren't even good. Oh. It's they're so fun. They're so fun. No, those are disgusting. Then you got wax in your teeth. Mm-mm, those are amazing. But my worst candies, I'm surprised you didn't mention either of these are candy corn and Smarties. 
and suckers was my other one, but you had mentioned that. You know, I, I'm, I actually don't mind candy corn all that much. I don't want it as a trick or treat, you know, thing in my bag. But if there's some, you know, candy corn sitting out on uh, out on the end table, I'll grab a couple pieces. Really? I don't like have a just, problem with candy corn. Just for fun? Yeah, I don't have a problem. With but you, you can't say that you choose it over something else. Though. Oh, absolutely not. I, right. I'm like not you got preferring M&Ms it there. over anything in my trick or treat bag. I think if mm-hmm. you're giving out candy corn as a trick or treat, uh, treat you should be thrown in jail but just yeah on the side i don't hate it you'd eat also if you're someone that's handing out candy you don't want to do this but as a kid walking around the best thing you can come upon is a bowl sitting on a porch yes that whole day yep it's a free for all you could take the bowl with you too Mm -hmm. as long as the high schoolers don't get there first exact stuff it in the pillowcase onto the next house Speaking of on to the next one, let's move on to the next question. The next question comes in from, we, I guess we think Bryce Lauren. We aren't certain. What, what's the deal with that? No. Uh, well, the question came in and it was noted from Bryce. And I'm guessing. Guessing is Bryce Lauren. I'm guessing. Okay. I'm guessing the last name. So it comes in from Bryce Lauren. He says, if you could time travel, would you go forward to the future or back to the past? Mel, I struggled with this question because it, if it doesn't mess with the space-time continuum, I would. Let's have assume hard... that it doesn't. It does. Let's okay. like just assume that nothing messes with space-time continuum. I think you could go back and have a field day sports betting, knowing all the outcomes of the game. So you could like go back and put fifty thousand dollars on a huge underdog, and everyone thinks you're crazy, and then they end up winning. Not only does everyone think you're a genius but you'd also have a little cash in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So that would be my reasoning for going back. If I had a preference though, I think I would say I want to go into the future because I would be interested in seeing the future. We know what the past yeah. looks like. Uh, at least we have an idea of what it was like, what was there. We have no idea what the future looks like. And I would think it, I think it would be interesting to see what it looks like. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it would be kind of cool to just kind of flash back and, I don't know how far we're thinking back. Like, I mean, I was thinking pretty far back, not like, right. Not prehistoric times, but like times of Abraham Lincoln and, and the 17, 18 beginning of the country. Right. And uh, my thought was like, if I go back all of a sudden I'm dealing with like outhouses and just not like the mechanical ability that we have. Yeah. Now. You basically have to figure out how to survive. Exactly. And speaking of that, I had a like a thought. If you, this is not even closely related to the question, but I had a random thought. If you yourself, by yourself, with no, with just the knowledge that you have currently, were put just in a blank slate slab of just Earth, how much could you like develop of of what is currently in the world? You're saying by yourself? No, like uh, you have an entire community that like is able to build things and all you have to do is come up with the design so these other people are essentially brain dead right and you have to come up with the design of everything that's built and they'll do it for you well i think like you just have to come up with the plan and the mechanism uh do you think you could could like make a toilet i could dig a hole in the ground (laughs) i think if you're not like an architect or an engineer you're pretty much screwed right i think so Cause there's a lot of like mechanical things that happen all around us. I even think of like a, a pencil, 
a wooden pencil even at that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I could design something like that. I could show them some algebra and blow their mind. That's about it. Right. But that's aside the point. So we, I, I think we both want to go to the future. Did I get that right? Yeah, I think that would be accurate. Yeah. How well, how far would you go into the future? Do you think? At least a hundred years. You'd go that far? Yeah. You want to see past your life? Yeah. You think, when was the first computer invented? 1970 or late 60s? Was it even that early? I'm, I'm thinking like the first basic structure of a computer. Because I don't, did they have computers for like the, the space landing? Oh, they would had had to, you'd think. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying like widely distributed, just like that they exist. Right. Like, like we've had computers since the 60s, I would think. And since then, it's only been, what, 60 years? Yeah. We've seen exponential growth in technology. Mm-hmm. And that compounds. So like 100 plus years into the future, I think would be interesting to see. Yeah, it would be, especially with the development of AI and, and supercomputers and just computing processes that, that humans have never been able to, to see before in their lives. Or like humans are actually physically incapable of, of doing these computations mm-hmm. and you have computers that can do it in, in the snap of the fingers and then they can learn on their own and right. develop new processes on their own. So yeah, I, I agree with you. We're just going to see exponential yeah. growth. The, the so AI you think hundred years is about the, you think a hundred years is about the time period in the future? Well, I want to go far enough into the future where it would be interesting, but not too far where humanity ceases to exist. Right. Yeah. I think I'm a right around the hundred year in the future too, but probably a little bit farther or a little bit lower, maybe 60, 70 years. Just yeah, because I, it, I am there is concern about the ceasing to exist part. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be going, try to, you know, to a barren get, world. Yep. Mm. Get in your uh, time capsule and try to go to year 5,000 or something. Right. Yeah. So our next question comes in from Cardin Meisner. And he asks a very simple question. He just asks us, is Christmas music good? I don't think he knew who he was asking this question. I don't think so either. I am because the king of Christmas music. We love Christmas music. I am the king here at Big of Dog Christmas Radio. music. For those that don't know, last year I produced my first, I, w- I would say studio, but it was a sub pump closet album. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what was it titled. Did it have a title? Like the album? Yeah. I think it was just called Hunter Lewis or Big Dogs. Bleep that <laughs> um, Yeah, bleep. Big Dogs Christmas album. Interesting. I don't think there was a title. Yeah, but so actually, I I guess this would be the appropriate moment to announce news on that front. Mm-hmm. This year, I will be coming out with another Christmas album featuring okay. many of the same songs from the last album remastered plus additional. So it's like a deluxe album almost. A deluxe album. So I, I was involved in this in this process as well. Lou was actually just the singer of these songs. Yeah, no, I was the producer, the producer, so we correct. we we brought it together, and we're bringing together another album this year, a deluxe yeah. version apparently that I yeah. was unaware of. And to paint the picture for you, for last year, I ended up recording in a sub pump closet, as I said, and I had to mm-hmm. record each song about three times because in the middle of recording, the sub pump would kick in, <laughs> and it would just ruin the audio that we had already going. Yeah, so uh, I. Do you want to 
let the listeners know just a couple songs that they can anticipate to hear on this year's album? I actually started a list. So I think we're going to try to get it on Spotify. The current one is on SoundCloud somewhere. I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moonlight in Vermont, one of my old time favorites. I know. I think we struggled to get that one out last year. Yeah, they did not like that. It was. It sounded too similar to Frank. Sinatra. I mean, a million people. A million people do covers every every single year. Right. Maybe Whatever. we should like look into what ones we actually can cover legally. Melikaliki Maka. Moonlight in Vermont is a non-negotiable. Melikaliki Maka. Okay, these are your mastered ones, correct? You yep. did these last year. Rudolph okay. the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm-hmm. The Monster Mash. Okay. Yes, remastering that, that one again. That was a fan favorite. Yeah. Here comes Santa Claus. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, and New York, New York. Oh, that's an addition. That is. That one was not on uh, last year's album. And that's what I have so far. Um, yet to brainstorm more that could potentially appear on the album. That's awesome. What we, well, when yeah. do we want to do this recording? Should we record it like over Thanksgiving and then release it around then? I think that would be appropriate. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. So that's something Big Dog Radio can look forward to. And by the way, this year's rendition of a Big Dog Christmas on the last album, I I sang Little Drummer Boy. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I didn't know a single word to that song. That one will not be on this year. It will not be. That song stinks. Yeah. And our final question comes in from someone bored in lecture. And th- this one must have been from you, Lou. It was someone not bored me. in lecture. No, this was this was a submitted listener question. That they like they noted that they were as... bored in lecture. Yes. Oh, okay. So someone bored in lecture asks, does pineapple belong on pizza? My thought, my thoughts for this question are quite simple. If you think that pineapple belongs on pizza, you have mashed potatoes for brains. Yeah, I agree. Lou, this is one of the first times we've agreed on just about every single question. Right. And I I wholeheartedly agree about pineapple not belonging on pizza. No, I, I think there's a very select amount of things that belong on pizza. Cheese, pepperoni, and mushrooms. And tomato sauce. Well, tomato sauce, obviously. Yeah, it's a given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there are very few things. I would definitely add more to that list. Yeah, maybe peppers, bell peppers, black olives. Sure. Yeah. I don't hate black olives. Mm-hmm. Sausage. But pineapple. I mean, you're trying too hard. Yeah, it's, it's like you. Have you ever had like a piece of pizza with pineapple on it? Unfortunately, yes. You're you're tasting everything and then there's something there that's just like something there that doesn't belong this yeah it's it's one of those situations one of these things does not belong and your your mouth your mouth yells at you for eating it it's disgusting like i said mashed Mm -hmm. potatoes for brains if you like that yeah yeah no pineapple on pizza for big dog radio so let's move on to our hot corner and chopping block segment for our listeners our hot corner is something that we want to honor this week and our chopping block is something that we want to chop out this week. So, Lou, I'm going to start with my hot corner this week. And my hot corner are mini basketball hoops. And okay. we just got one of these in our living room here. And now, we can I ask you this? Is it one of the Nerf yeah. ones or is it one of the like 
hardcore. It's like the skills, hardcore. Oh, okay. It's got like springs right. on the rim and right. stuff. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're talking turkey. And you know, the first thing that we had to do once we got it, we had to put a curfew on it. Right. Because otherwise we'd just be playing it all yep. night long. Yep, otherwise you got people mm-hmm. trying to sleep three in the morning. They're playing one-on-one downstairs. Right, and, and that's not the problem that somebody's trying to sleep. The problem is that the person that should be sleeping would be playing basketball instead. That's how much fun we're having with it. Three in the morning. Miniature basketball hoop addiction. Yeah, it is awesome. It is the best purchase this house has ever made. So how do you hang those things? Are they like screwed into the wall? So it's, it's on the door. It's on a door. However, we have removed a door from one of our doorways and just placed it on the wall in our living room. So it's hanging from, a door that's just leaning that's up against the wall right in our living room. Mm-hmm. And we are flying. We have, and we have like 12 foot ceilings in our house. So well, we are flying, helps. right? Chucking so, these balls down. So how high off the ground does this hoop sit? Six feet, seven feet? Not very. Yeah. It's just a door height. Oh, so I it's like six, seven feet. feet. And I actually take back my statements about the ceiling. It's 10 feet, 10 foot ceiling. Cause the normal okay. ceiling's eight foot. So it's two feet higher than, the eight foot ceiling. So it's a 10 foot ceiling, maybe nine foot. It's higher than eight foot, higher than a standard ceiling, but you can like shoot from deep, jump up and actually dunk the ball or have a blast. Those are one of those things after you get past the age of like 10 or 12, you just forget about, you forget they exist Mm -hmm. until they do until they do again. Correct. And, and you go right back to your heyday. Melv, my hot corner this week, are handicapped bathroom stalls. I think every stall should be a handicapped bathroom stall. They're spacious. Just for the pure space? Right. They're spacious. They kind of feel more luxurious than the tight crammed ones. And Mm. you don't run into the situation that I ran into once upon a time where I was in the bathroom, just so happened to be the handicapped stall. And as as I'm there, I see a wheelchair roll up from underneath the stall no that's exactly what i was thinking oh no like like what do i do a perfectly perfectly able person and i have a guy in a wheelchair waiting to get in (laughs) you You have no option but to to know grab your leg and limp out of that stall well you want to know what this guy did he squeezed into the smaller stall next to me oh no wheelchair yeah oh no and I heard him grunting and uh, like wheeling the whole time. So as soon as he got in that stall and shut the door, I got the hell out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Dianar. That's what you got to do. Yeah. So what that story alludes to is that if all handy or if all stalls were handicap sized, that would not be an issue. I wouldn't have to feel bad. So handicap stalls, your hot corner. And I'll move to my chopping block now. And my chopping block isn't necessarily something that I hate but something that I'm trying to eliminate. And I've been reading articles over the past week on how to read faster. And one thing every single article says is to stop. And the the words they use are internal vocalization while reading. So that's my chopping block. But to elaborate on that, internal vocalization is like that voice you hear inside your head as you're reading something. Right. Well, I feel like if you don't do that, you're just not reading. Exactly. And that's my thought. And, and I've, I like it been trying to, and they, they like say, take chunks of words and like, just look at them and go through them. And they're like, you're, you're still comprehending it. And everything. then you're just looking at a page. 
that's what I'm thinking. And and so far that's been the case. I've just been looking down a page and, and I, I think back and actually surprisingly, occasionally I'll remember some things just from looking down the page. However, I don't remember any details whatsoever. Yeah. So, so was this a website you got this information from? Yeah. So this website's solution to reading faster is to just not read at all. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm going to keep trying it out Whatever. because right now I'm reading at, I don't even know what a good rate is, but I would guess maybe hundred words per minute where it's like, right. I, I have to, I'm reading only as fast as I can talk. Mm-hmm. And you see some of those people who can like read books fast, yeah. like they can read whole books in an hour or two. Yeah. Like Bill Gates, look up his many words days. per minute. It's, it's insane. Right. And there's that no way that fly through books vocalizing. And right. Yeah. So like my thought is if you have people like that, that are actually able to do this and understand what they're reading, it's, it's possible. Actually, Mel, this is, yeah, I would say this is very similar to one of my final thoughts this week. We'll get to that. You want to share that right now or should we just wait until your final thought? Yeah, we'll just wait. I'll do my chopping block real quick. So my chopping block this week is pedestrians having the right of way. There's no reason at all for pedestrians to have the right of way. I'm in a car. I can kill you. You're a pedestrian. You can get killed by my car. Why do you have the right of way? I shouldn't watch out for you. You watch out for me. And vice versa when I'm the pedestrian. Now, where do bikers fall into this? Like bicycles. They should watch out too. They can get killed by the car. But what about the bicycle pedestrian encounter? Because I, 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 have, I have witnessed a bicycle going down a hill, pedestrian, with the, the quote-unquote right of way, steps out, collision. Yeah. In that event, I would say that the biker should be more cautious. Okay. Well, you can make the saying, uh, I guess, actually, if a biker runs into pedestrian, I'd say the biker's. Yeah, the biker's. At, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, you've got me convinced. I've thought about, I've seen no reason why the pedestrian should have the right of way. Right. Especially if like they're going somewhere like they should, like if you got the stop hand at like a intersection, a stoplight stop hand, like telling you not yeah. to walk. Uh, is it true that they still have the right of way? They shouldn't. No, I'm thinking right. the, the biggest, this comes into uh, the equation, the biggest when like you're making a left turn and the people in that crosswalk have uh, the light to cross. Okay. So yeah. you as the car are supposed to like make sure that no one's going through the crosswalk. No, no, no. You watch out for me. Right. And I almost, that situation, I've almost hit multiple car at a time. I've almost hit multiple people this week because you haven't given them the right away. Well, yeah. Well, I'm busy looking for other cars. I don't have time to look for pedestrians. If you get in the way, you're going to get hit. That's your chopping block. Yes. Pedestrians Uh, having the right away. Having the right away. So let's move on to our final segments. And that is the big dog's final thoughts. So Mel, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, one of my final thoughts is similar to your chopping block. Mm -hmm. And my final thought is I can't read anymore. All I think about when I try to read is how I'm reading. Like I'm trying to make sense out of how what I'm seeing on the page is making sense in my head. And I can't make sense of how I'm making sense. And I just do this over and over. And I don't understand how my brain is making sense of this jumble of words that don't have any inherent meaning. But because mm-hmm. it's our language, we make sense out of it. I just can't read anymore. That's all I think about. That is an insane thought, Lou. So I think just because words are put in a general order, they somehow they have, have an impact. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. So like I'll read a sentence and like I'll, I'll get what it's saying, but then I'll think, no, 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 you have no idea what that says. <laughs> you can't read like this happens every time you try to read. Well, not every time, but sometimes it's a struggle because I just think about how I should not be able to read, but I can. And, and I, then, I, and then in turn, the, I can. Yeah, I've been having that similar struggle, except not trying to figure out how to read. But as I'm trying to train my brain to do the speed reading, all I'm thinking about is like how how fast I'm going through the words. And then by the end, I'm like, I did not even think about the, the text at all. I was just thinking about what my eyes are doing while I'm going through these exactly. words. Mm-hmm. And then to make sense out of things that don't make sense, I'm just, my eyes are just like, glossy looking over the pages i'm trying to think about how i'm making any sense out of anything mm-hmm. then and i'm sure you're still like somewhat reading at that time and then you you realize that you just read a whole section yep. that you then you gotta understand whatsoever yep you gotta start from the beginning bill you gates. have other final thoughts bill gates 750 words per minute that's incredible With i actually ni- i don't 90 percent retention rate do you have numbers on like what a normal person is by any chance or you could you find those for us because uh, i like as i'm reading i would guess 100 to 150 words per minute but i that's just a random guess uh many resources indicate that the average reading speed of most adults is 200 to 250 words per minute okay so bill gates is like 3xing that at least it says college students who read a lot probably average around 300 Okay, I, I've definitely realized myself getting faster, but I am not to the point where I can read faster than I can talk yet. So like this, this is about the fastest that I can talk. And that's about as fast as right. I can possibly read. And even that I'm not quite retaining everything. So yeah, I'm trying to push that. Oh, and you, you have any other final thoughts, Lou? Uh, one last thing I just wanted to get out there. It's been driving me nuts. Coordinated chance in high school like at high school games are the worst. Like, like I get it. I mean, you name it, the coordinated ones. Like I get it. Stand up, cheer. Sure. But when they start doing the coordinated ones, it drives me up a wall. Why is that? I don't know. It's like, sit like no need to coordinate. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I can get behind that. Yeah. Just been. Yeah. You get it. No further comments on that. No, just end it. Okay. Lulu. I, I guess I had, a final thought in a sense. And I just want to, again, shout out that our book officially goes on sale next week. It does. Our children's book. What is our price point? And I think we're sitting at $10. $10. All net proceeds will go to the Children's Cancer Research Fund. Yep. So the Children's Cancer Research Fund, just to give a little bit of background, um, they, they are a fund that is funding children's cancer research and and some of their their ideas that they're going to fund um they want to fund innovative and promising research and this is from their site uh childrenscancer.org they also want to enhance healing and care for families and they want to educate the world about childhood cancer so i'd encourage anybody that's considering read uh buying the book to take a peek at their website considering donating to to that website because that that's our our goal behind this book is to kind of raise raise funds for that. Right. So, Lou, do you want to speak on that at all? I could, yeah. So, for the people that know, uh, for the people that know me, I guess this is a cause that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, my brother 
was, how do you want to say it, a victim of childhood cancer and spread to stage four. But ultimately, he overcame it and beat it. And I don't think that would be possible without funds as such. So as I said, all net proceeds that we get from this book will go to that fund. And I guess, Melv, what else do you want to say about it? I think that's about it. We will like um, we're hoping to bring someone on from the fund just to talk a little bit more just about the fund in general. Um, it'd, it'd be just super cool to, to hear what they have to say, because I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the, behind the scenes there where it'd be very interesting for our listeners just to hear where any of the money they're donating or money that the proceeds from the book are going to. Right. But yeah. I, that's our, uh, it goes on sale next Thursday, the 4th, November 4th. So yeah, consider buying it. And and just go on that website and especially and check if you it have out. a youngin. And also, yeah. of course, merchandise, t-shirts and sweatshirts available. Just DM one of us personally or uh, our Twitter account at Big mm-hmm. Dog Radio underscore, and we can get you. And those out. will also be on official sale on November fourth too. But if you want to pre-order, right, let us know, and we're open ears. And that wraps up episode nine of Big Dog Radio. I had a good time this week, Lou. Yeah, wish I could say the same. Okay. All right. We will see you next week. Give us a follow on Twitter. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Like, download, subscribe. We will see you next week.